to Imaginarium, an alternate history of art, a podcast where we delve into the most obscure parts of art history. Hello, dear listeners. I'm your host, Naja, and in this podcast, we try to shed light on less studied parts of the history of art and visual culture. Today, though, we will not do that. Uh, as the title might have led you on, this is a bonus Q&A episode to tide you all over until the next season, which will hopefully be soon. I'm currently in the writing process, and there's a lot of research involved, so it might take sometimes, but I'm hoping the next season will be somewhere in November or December. I'll keep you updated with that. <laughs> First of all, I just really want to say thank you for everyone's questions, and I hope this will be fun and enlightening. So, let's go. Question number one. If you had to choose another field of study, what would you choose? Well, before my current career path, I was on my way to becoming an architect and a furniture designer, actually. And when I was studying, I had a moment where I was just, you know what, I really want to give up studying and really start making sustainable furniture. I had in my head of making pretty chairs and pretty aesthetically pleasing sofas and and stuff like this. And it's still something I kind of want to do, but I don't think I want to do it professionally. Uh, But this is something that came up to mind at some point. But who knows what will happen. I, When I was younger, I really wanted to be a fashion designer because I really loved clothing. I still do, very much so. And while I do so, and I think a lot about fashion as a hobby... I don't know if I, I would be good at it on a professional level, but that would be fun. What else? Yeah, that's something that I have been thinking about recently, actually, is that if I hadn't disliked sciences so much in high school due to, you know, terrible teachers and all, I might have gone on to be a dermatologist because the science behind skin care fascinates me to no end. And I definitely think I would have loved it. I currently highly just enjoy, you know, researching skin care and testing it, but it's definitely a career path that is very different from what I'm doing, and I think I would have liked it. Question number two, what are your favorite art history books? Okay, so I really love art history reference books. I have a lot of them in my library and I keep borrowing them from the library as well. And I would say one of my favorites right now is Ways of Seeing by John Berger. Even though that's more of an art criticism book rather than an art history. But it is foundational text for me, really. 
when it comes to artistry. I would also, talking about foundational texts, please read Orientalism by Edward Said. This is also very essential, but it's also not really an art history book. But it's essential, really. <laughs> really, please read it. I would definitely recommend the Hiroshi Uno art books, which are on diverse subjects, specifically within the world of illustration history. From the 18th century to the mid-20th century generally, even though I know she has one art history book on the medieval manuscripts, which I haven't read yet, all of her books are very amazing. Subjects from children's illustration, fantasy art, fairy tale art, art nouveau, etc., 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 avant garde Russian posters. So it's very varied and very interesting, and it goes very in, not in depth in terms of uh, information, in depth in terms of images she presents. So the books are very thick with a lot of images and artists and art. So it's a wonder to look at. There's some explanations in English, but really it's more of a visual reference more than anything. There is also uh, two books that I have been really enjoying. And they are seemingly opposite and yet the same. It's Paperbacks from Hell, The Twisted History of 70s and 18s Horror Fiction by Grady Hendrix, as well as Paperback Crush, The Totally Radical History of 80s and 90s Teen Fiction by Gabrielle Moss. Both of these books are really lovely. I feel also explain the dichotomy of my interests. Both of them really represent me. <laughs> But also, I just really love a good dive into genre fiction. I just think it's amazing. It's something that I really adore. And they these two books really dive into the specific aesthetic of this type of book. And most importantly, you know, it talks a lot about the kind of book there is, like, on the literature level base. But also, you know, the book cover, the visual aesthetic and everything, it's very amazing. So I really hugely recommend these two books. Okay, okay, third question. What weren't you interested before you did the podcast, but are now? Like maybe a subject brought you to research something you hadn't before and now you're interested in it. That's a really good question, actually. I used to think myself as a person who's hugely interested in art, but like not so much in contemporary art, which is still the truth. But I think one of the things I have been getting more and more interested in is advertisements and book covers and a lot of like visual promotional material which I always thought were cool, but like on a more superficial and shallow basis. 
but like right now I'm really excited about this subject and like when a new movie comes out and I'm just like trying to see if there is an interesting poster that comes with it and looking at the graphic design trends for book covers and all of that stuff and really like the research I've done for the gothic book covers and romance book covers and genre fiction book covers and just generally the travel posters all of that stuff really made me think about advertisements and promotional material and posters and book covers as really a form of art in a way I hadn't before. That's been really fun to dive into. Question number four. What's the most challenging thing involved in making your podcast? Is it finding time, the research? Oh, that's that's a good question. (laughs) For me, it has been definitely a mix of uh, finding the time, but also the the recording and editing part of it. I I work a full-time job, and I definitely try to find a good balance between you know, work, the podcast, the articles I'm writing, the work I'm trying to do, like, on this side of my life of art history. But also, you know, just leisure time, where it's, whether it's on my own, just watching a movie or reading or meeting friends and trying to have a bit of a social life somehow. So um, really, I have a how I do it is I have a bunch of planners. I know it seems like a, like a lot, but I have a planner for my daily life. I have a planner for my podcast and I have a planner for the articles and all of these things I'm working on on the side as well. So it's been really helpful for me. I'm kind of a very extra person in terms of organization and planning, but... But, you know, I work as an archivist assistant, so it just kind of comes in with the job. Like, that's how I think only a very specific kind of person becomes an archivist. So it's just, you know, professional consequences, I guess. But, um, yeah, when it comes to finding the times, sometimes it gets a bit difficult and... This is why I try to really write in advance so I don't get too stressed out, which is why I'm taking a break right now to really just focus on writing. So I really finish the most I can do before I start recording and editing. So I do a lot of blood schedule and I, as well as giving myself deadlines or else I will simply not do a single thing. So that's how we go. When it comes to recording and editing, actually, I have never done anything like it before making the podcast. So I really just started making a podcast without knowing anything whatsoever into the work that goes with it. I'm so glad I've got the help of a few friends on it, that I'm very thankful for this, but I think just talking a lot and especially in my radio voice like I really try to make sure it's more of a relaxing vibe that everyone has a really relaxing and soothing time while I'm just 
telling you all about art history. So that's a challenge, but also I really hate editing mostly because I genuinely, genuinely dislike listening to myself talk. So that's not really easy when you want to edit yourself, but you have to listen to yourself. It's kind of a nightmare, but it's been getting easier and easier as time went on. But yeah, yeah, definitely finding the time and recording and editing and all of that. Question number five. What's a topic that maybe doesn't fit? into Imaginarium, but you would like to do an episode on it anyways. Honestly, this is something that I have been talking about with a friend recently. I have been obsessed with the song Epic Tree from the original off-Broadway musical Haddestown, which this friend introduced me to and it's very, very lovely. And I kind of genuinely want to talk about this particular myth and the and musical and I just guess a bit about the visual side of how Eurydice and Orpheus are pictured in art history but also just genuinely a conversation about the myth in itself and what it means and more of a storytelling analysis rather than a visual analysis I guess, but I might have convinced my friend who studied literature to come on to the podcast at some point to do this, so it might be a bonus episode at some point in time. But yeah, I think generally anything that has to do with um, literature and books and stories specifically, and also museums and archives, are subjects that I really, really adore, and I would love to make an episode on, even though they're not necessarily related to visual history. Question number six. How often do you experience burnout feelings, and how do you deal with them? Oh, that that's a very important question, I think. Honestly, I think a lot of times I feel burnt out, but it's just mostly because I'm a very busy person and I really, even though I really do try to strike a balance in order to not overwork myself, you know, it's not always possible. Unfortunately, it does happen quite often that I feel burnt out. Like I said, I'm I'm a fairly busy person and I really, really try to strike a balance in order to not overwork myself and really be able to stay productive, but also, you know, not burn out. But it sometimes happens when I get really tired of doing so many things at once. And so what I do is I really try to have things prepared in advance. I also uh, have at least one day a week where I... I'm not doing anything in terms of work, whether it's real life work or in terms of the podcast, like really no being productive, just hanging out, watching a movie, going out with friends. So really having a day off of everything really helps. You know, sometimes if if it doesn't work, you know, just take a break. 
for a few days, for a few weeks, and just really unplugged from everything. And then when I come back, I just kind of feel refreshed and ready to really dive into it again. I have a lot of feelings about, you know, overworking oneself, especially because I have a tendency to do so, unfortunately. And I think we're really encouraged to do that, especially in this capitalistic environment we live in. And I just think we should all take care of ourselves, you know. And if you need a break for one week, for one month, for several months, you know, take care of yourself first and then the rest will come after that. Question number seven. Is there an episode you want to do, but finding research materials have made it impossible? <laughs> oh, that's an interesting question because, yes, totally. Even though I think I'm fairly good at research, like I said, I'm an archivist assistant and an art historian, so I just genuinely like diving deep into research and spending way too much time at the library and my writing would probably be cut in half if I stopped being dragged into research wormholes that often. But there is two subjects that I have tried to find information on but I haven't quite managed to find anything really. The first one is a very obscure Russian children's book illustrator. All I found on him was his birth date. And that's it. And the other thing was I I wanted to talk about the pastel aesthetics and backgrounds of the 1990s Sailor Moon anime. Really dive into the art direction and the conceptual choices for that anime like for the especially like on a visual level but I really haven't found any information really especially since I really want to focus on the backgrounds that I really love and I I mean I I'll figure it out okay question number eight what about the future of Imaginarium anything you anticipate or are planning and wish to share? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, there is definitely the upcoming season, which is a mini season all on the golden age of illustration, which I'm definitely extremely excited to share and I'm currently writing. There's also uh, the articles I write I have currently three that I'm writing at the moment and I'm very excited to share all of them as well. I want to be doing a newsletter on the Patreon every month. This is something that I have been working on and thinking about. I also have the Imaginarium Discord that is really really fun and I want to expand a bit more and the invite is for every member of the Patreon, so if you want to join, but basically it's just amazing people and just really fun and we have such interesting conversations all the time, such as, you know, talking about the Met Gala, horror cinema, 
fashion history, cinema history, art history. So it's very good fun. And everyone is so smart. I'm always so amazed. What else? I do have some projects in mind for the future. Something that I am currently working on but I can't talk about just yet. I have some bonus episodes in mind as well for between seasons. Question number nine. How do you go about researching your topics? Are there go-to archives or anything that you find particularly helpful? That is a very good question. So the way I work when it comes to research is I really use a mix of references. I use a lot of books, generally from the library or sometimes, or books that I purchase. And also a lot of reliable sources from the internet. So I use Britannica and Google Arts and Culture a lot. Also, I really try to research and explain every single element that I talk about. Even if it's obvious for me, I am very well aware that not everyone in my audience has an art history background. So even if I'm talking about a genre or an artist that I think is just very much well-known, I just really try to make sure everyone is on the same page. So if I introduce an element, I will explain it. So this is what I mean by I really try to research and explain everything. One resource that I find really interesting is thesis. So if you do your research correctly and you enter like the keywords and then thesis, you will can find really in-depth research because thesis really go narrow on the focus that they have. So you can find something really more precise in terms of the information that you need. Also, museums and archive collection are always good, like for technical information, such as information on a particular piece of art or artist or genre. So yeah, that's pretty much covers how I do my research. So it's very much in depth. And uh, it's really my favorite part of doing the show. I just, I start by the research and then I outline my episode and then I research some more. So it's very fun. And we are at our last questions. Question number 10. What's been your favorite episode of season one? Uh, Oh my god, I can't believe I made a whole season of a show. That's insane. Okay, um, I don't have just one. I definitely think I got better as I went on when it comes to writing and planning my episodes. So it it won't be the first the first three ones, even though I think they were still very good. But I just I think I got better as time went on. I think my favorite episodes um definitely episode six on Bayam Hedin, simply because as an Algerian woman and art historian, it felt like an honor to get to talk about an Algerian artist was really great and amazing and you know delve into the very concrete impacts of imperialism on a very real uh, level so 
that that felt really important to me. I would also say the travel advertisement episodes, which for some reason ended up feeling genuinely so fun to write. And I really adored it. I I think because I wasn't expecting much from it, I really went in with no expectations. I, When I started researching that one, I really wasn't expecting to find something very deep. But I did, which was really fun and amazing. And I think it also it was really enjoyable to experience even just through these images, that sort of wonder and feeling of escape. So I really liked that episode. And also the the last one, the finally of uh, Imaginarium. So the one on advertisements, fashion, and the visual arts, and the way all of it in- intersected, I think was really fascinating. And I just really felt like it was such a broad yet specific subject. And I just felt like I kept finding things to talk about. And I really had to force myself to stay on track because I really felt like there was a lot to cover and a lot to say. And I really, really adored writing that one. Like, as a writer, it was one of my favorite episodes to write. Well, thank you so much for listening. This was my bonus Q&A episode. I hope you liked it. So the next season, as I said, should be soonish, but I don't want to set a date just yet because I'm still on the, in the process of writing uh, the episodes. So it will be a mini season, so it will be a shorter six episodes. I will cover subjects such as Art Nouveau, um, fairy tale illustrations, decadent art, we'll talk we talk on Beatrice Potter, Danielson. We will talk about a lot of artists and a lot of art, and I'm really, really excited for that one. But yeah, it will be there before the end of the year, hopefully. So November, December, I'll put a date somewhere on the um, Twitter page as soon as I have one. If you ever have any questions on the episodes or the podcast or anything really send them my way on twitter or instagram at imaginarium underscore pod or on the patreon so at patreon.com slash naja i'll take the opportunity to thank my patrons meili julia sala shonika pechinuyen jack samhurst jenny jamison red as well as natalie Thank you so much for making the work I do possible with this podcast. Today's recommendation of the day is uh, the BBC show The Hour, starring Romola Jarai, Ben Wisha, as well as Dominic West. It's it's marvelous, and I'm planning to rewatch that very soon. It's about a, a broadcast news show in the 1960s. It's excellent. Like, I, I just have nothing else to say but that. It's just very good. On this, thank you again for listening to the bonus Q&A episode, and I wish you all 
a very lovely day, evening or night. And I hope to see you again all very soon. Thank you.